Just gonna stand with my guitar here and pray for y'all. When I first started leading worship, my guitar was my safety blanket. I couldn't talk to people if I didn't have my guitar. I got over that, but I still like it. I want to talk to you this morning about my faith in Christ. And I got a message from God for you. And uh, Pastor Samuel told me two weeks ago, he said, you know, I'm going to be gone. You want Pastor Marcelo to preach or you? Do you, you want to prepare something? It's your turn, he said. I was like, I got some. I got some cooking. I've been pondering and thinking about this for a long time. You know when you get something in your mind and you can't just shake it off? You just have to share it. It's a lot of stories, though, so don't get bored. But it's his story in my life. So I hope you don't get bored. You're going to feel guilty. Because it's what God has done in me throughout my life. It all started when I was five years old. We were on our way to do some evangelist um, outreach thing with my dad. He got this in his mind that we'll, you know, get to places that nobody else will get to. So we had to walk for like two hours to lead a service out on the boonies. And I remember my mom was pregnant with my little brother, the next one after me, Ariel. And so on our way there, she got really tired because she was, she looked pregnant. I mean, so she must have been far along. And I was a fat kid. I, I didn't like to walk. So my dad would carry me on his shoulders because I didn't want to walk. That's fine. And all of a sudden, my mom started feeling bad. So she had to sit down. And when she sat down, she just fell on the ground. And so... My dad didn't freak out, though, but we did. My older sister was like, what's wrong with mom? So he took her pulse, and he was gone. And she wasn't breathing. And so they didn't say it out loud at the moment, but then my sister noticed what my dad did, and she said, my mom is dead. So we just started crying. We was like, oh, no, what are we going to do? And my dad said, we're going to pray. I think in my child mind, 20 minutes went by. And we just prayed. We cried. I mean, I said, God, please bring my mom back. So after about 20 minutes, she went like this. <gasps> she breathed again. Time went by, and um, that was a weird experience to me I got a little older and I wasn't sure what to think of it I just left it there in my mind and it's been sitting there a few times I talk about it though I don't know why we were at another evangelistic thing my dad was a church planner he planted 44 churches in his lifetime left the church established and then move on to start another one um, and they were praying for this woman 
she was crippled since birth. She was in a wheelchair. Her wheelchair was really crappy. It looked old. And it looks really shiny on the handles when she been hanging from. I remember that. And there was this preacher there. He prayed, uh, he prayed for healing. And they say, we're going to pray for that lady. And my dad said, okay. So they say, in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And go figure, the lady got up and walked. I was just like, did that just happen? I was about seven. And then I started thinking, what if she wasn't really crippled, you know? Or she was just faking it. So there was a little doubt in the back of my head. What if I just saw that? Fast forward a couple years. They're doing a service and they're praying for people. And they talk about there's these demon-possessed people. I was like, some of my friends might have a demon. (laughs) So I'm going to bring them here. There was this young lady. She was about Johnny's size, height and weight. But she was on the ground and she was convulsioning. And then she started talking like a man. She was like, ah, let me alone. I was freaked out about that. And my dad just said, close your eyes and pray. I did that. There were six pastors. They tried to pick her up. They could not. She had this weight on her that they, I don't, it was a very confusing experience for me. I had never had an experience with demons and that spiritual side of Christianity. They prayed for her. God delivered her. It was awesome. I still had doubts, though. I seen a lot. But I didn't believe a lot. I always been some sort of skeptic, if you will. So I asked God, I, I wanted to see something like happening to me. And so I was 15 years old, my senior year in high school, and my dad died on me. Well, not on me, he just died. Her heart attack died at 48 years old. And I prayed to God, y'all, so hard. I said, God, bring my dad to life just like you did with my mom. And as I was riding the bus back to Diriamba, where we live, where the funeral was going to take place, I was praying to God and I was crying. And I think Whitney Houston's song, All By Myself, was playing. So people look at me weird, like some girl left me or something. And I wanted to tell them that that wasn't the case. My dad had just passed away. It's just the fear of man. It makes us think weird things, right? So inappropriate at the moment, but I was worried about what they were thinking. So I was driving, and I say, God, please, when I get there, I want to see my dad get out from that bed. And I got there, and they had put gauze inside his mouth. He looked pale. He was really dark, a little darker than me. He looked pale. His body was just dead. He didn't get up. He died. We buried him. So I had questions, and I said, God, why didn't you raise my dad from the dead? I mean, you did it with my mom. I didn't get an answer. Time went by, and um, 
I went to youth with a mission to do my DTS. And I needed $250 to go on outreach. That was a lot of money for me. There's no way I can get it. Some lady from Puerto Rico came to teach that week. And she said she was praying the night before and God told her to give me $250. And I was like, God told you that? Like that exact amount? She's like, yeah. It's like, are you sure? She's like, yeah. So here, go. So I was touched by that. And I was like, what if somebody told her how much I needed? What if somehow she got a tip, you know, like she got connections. She's a teacher. So somebody might have told her that. But she, she, she didn't have any reasons to lie to me. And she is a woman of God, still is. Gave me the money. I went on outreach. When we were on outreach, a lot of things happened. Just praying for people, people crying, talking to people about things that were really personal. I remember this woman on the street. She had this urge to take her clothes off in front of us, group of teenagers. So she was flashing us. So the leader of the group, Migdale, she just came and rebuked her in the name of Jesus. She put her clothes off and on and ran away. I was like, dang, she's got authority. But then DTS was over. I felt like a Christian, but I had a tad of unbelief. Just this whole miracles things was very unknown to me. It was actually really known, but... I didn't quite believe it all. I went home for a week after DTS. And I got this really bad fever for two weeks. I was burning all the time. I was sweating. And at the last day that I had this fever, I went blind. I couldn't see anything. Everything was dark. And I was freaking out, y'all. Because I don't know if you ever have gone blind. But it's terrible. (laughs) You can't see anything. And I was like, Mom, what am I going to do? This is terrible. Please pray for me. And she's like, I already prayed for you. I've been praying for you. So this pastor that had taken over at my dad's church at the time came to visit me. And I was like, I don't want you to pray for me. That's my dad's church. And you have taken over. I don't want your prayers go away. He's like, I'm not still going to pray for you. I didn't say those things. I just thought them. So I'm not that bad. And so he prayed for me and he said, in the name of Jesus, be healed. And I, I'm sitting like this with my eyes open, but I can't see. And all of a sudden, I just shh, felt this thing and sweat draped down in my clothes. And I saw and the fever was going instantly. And I just said, thank you, Jesus. That was the first time that I experienced a miracle happening to me. But I still had little resentment in the back of my heart. Because I said, why didn't God heal my dad? Why didn't he bring him back to life if he's God? So Rachel, pull that that scripture in here for you. 
The fundamental fact of existence is that this trust is God. This faith is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we can see. The act of faith is what distinguished our ancestors, set them above all crowd. See, faith is the essence of things we can't see, but we still believe. A lot of times, things are not as tangible as we like them to be. Do the next scripture, Rachel. In Proverbs 3, 5 to 6 says, Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. See, a lot of times, y'all, just like myself, I was trying to figure out things with my own mind. And see, the problem with the human mind is that we're limited. There is a certain amount of information that we can store here. And then we judge everything from what we know, correct? I know for a fact that I can ask Brother Ephraim about grass and, and, and landscaping because he's a professional about it. And he knows a lot more than I do. I know that for a fact because I've seen his work. It's amazing. I know I can ask Brother Johnny anything and he'll know it. No, not everything, but he's pretty good at knowledge about construction and carpentry. I call Brother Dale to ask him random questions sometimes about my sewer system or plumbing or air conditioning and um, because he knows it. He's, he's more experienced. I call Joe sometimes to ask him about some code on framing because I'm learning and he knows everything about it or most of it anyways. And there's a lot of things that I don't know. So my reasoning is limited. That's why God says, do not lean on your own understanding. But a lot of times, we want to figure out this God thing in our own, right? We want to figure out God. And we say, well, God is this way. Well, God, it, it, it's, 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 it's good to these people, but not to these people because of this. God doesn't work miracles for me because we make up some reason. And we just say, it's God's will. But do we really know what God's will is? I'm asking you, so answer. Do we know what God's will is? A lot of times we do. It's very obvious to us, right? God says, love your enemies, right? He said that. So that's God's will. It's on the word. So uh, love your neighbor as yourself. Love one another. And that way the world will know that you are my disciples these things have been said obvious to us. So what's the source of morality? It's God himself. So what happens when we start this set of doubts and we try to take God out of the equation and we said, well, God hasn't answered my prayer. Well, God, I've been praying for 25 years for my son and he's still a hidden. I've been praying 30 years for my husband to put the toilet seat down and still not happening. I've been praying for my wife to stop talking so much for 40 years. It ain't happening. 
there's nature, right? Nature is the way things were created. Amen? Like, for example, in the beginning, God made men and women. That's God's design. That's how he did it. But sometimes we, we, we want to bend nature, and that, that ain't happening. It's, it's not happening unless God directly intervenes. Talking about the weather, he, can, he has control over that. Go to the next, um, the next uh, scripture. And so a lot of times we want to say, okay, I want to explain God. And so we can't. Why? Why can't you explain? Well, I don't have enough evidence. I haven't seen enough of God in my life. And I want to say to you, church, today that God hasn't seen enough of you. Because God is evident. Romans says that creation speaks louder of his handiwork. If you look at your own body, you can see the evidence of God. But sometimes we are fooled by the devil. And the fool said in his heart, there is no God. And we, we, we've been just oblivious. We've been blinded. Because we have no answer to certain questions in our life. And because of that, we say, there's no God. And if there is no God, I can do whatever the heck I want. If there is no God, I can stay with my little sin and continue on with my life. I have no accountability to anybody. And a lot of times, the denial of God is just a selfish choice to lose responsibility. But we got to wake up and understand this. God says, come, sit down. Let's argue this out. Other versions says, let's reason together. This is God's message. If your sins are blood red, they'll be snow white. If they're red like crimson, they'll be like wool. God says, come. And then he said, I put before you life and death. Choose life. He sets out for us the path to go. And then we go, well, I don't really know if that's right or that's wrong. I really do not. Because, you know, society is changing now. So we got to adjust. Do we really? We got to blend in. Do we really? God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. So what do we do? We get closer to God. And let me tell you. The role of the church is not just to point fingers and tell people what they've done wrong. But the Bible says love one another. So they'll know that this is the way. That I am the way. But a lot of times it's hard y'all. It's hard to love. It's hard to choose to love a person. When they're constantly hurting you. Correct? If you're a parent you know what I'm talking about. If you're a human being you know what I'm talking about. Because it's our nature. It, we just get close to somebody. And when you get close to somebody, you make yourself vulnerable. So any action, any decision they make, it affects you in a positive or negative way. So we, we got to understand the love of God in our lives because he had to live with us as many years old as you are. He knew you when you were in your mama's womb. He had plans about you. Plans of good, plans to bless you. And sometimes we forget that. 
And we don't extend the same kind of love to other people. Well, I'm no God. Yes, you're not. But in Christianity, we're walking with God, trying to be like Him. And even though it's impossible to love people, we got to become like God to extend His love. So my faith was growing. I experienced the first miracle directly in my life. And time went on. And then once it got there, I, 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 saw, I remember being in Mexico. And, 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 and we were talking to people about Jesus in Reynosa. And the other side, that will be... Yeah, it was Reynosa. And so we were in the street doing dramas with the SSDs. And this girl, she was like, rah, rah, you know, being devil-like. And so I grab a couple kids and we pray for her. And we say, we rebuke the devil in the name of Jesus. That girl just fell backwards and started convulsing on the ground. Crazy things. We pray for her. And um, we talk to her parents. And this girl has been eating her fickles matters for since she was born she will eat her own poop and she will do all kinds of crazy things and in that moment God deliver her and so again this is my account of things y'all this is what God has done in my life you have a choice this morning to say that's just crap I don't think that can happen and that's okay because faith you believe in things that you can't see see I have seen I had taste I have experience that that's my work with Christ. And a lot of times, you miss that on those things because you're not paying attention. And these signals will follow those who believe. A lot of times, as a church, we say, well, I've never seen a miracle. That's because you never opened your spiritual eyes. You never chose to really trust God. Well, I trust God, but I don't trust God with my cigarette. <laughs> that's mine. I'm not going to give it to God. I, I, I don't trust God with my drinking issues because that, that's my issue. And see, it starts with the little things. Brother Dale said this morning, it's the little fogs that damage the vine. It's the little things. We start trusting God in the little things, in the little things, in the little And all of a sudden, boom, you really see him working in your life. It was 2003. And God spoke to me to come do this teacher's um, training here in Tyler, Texas. And um, I said, that sounds awesome. Because at the moment I was teaching third grade. And, um, and I liked it. And, but I wanted to get better at it. And so I applied for it. And, and, you know, they received me and whatnot. And then I went to get a visa to come to the States. And they said no. And I was like, well... Uh, just whatever. So then they, like two months later, they say, yes, you can have a visa now. There were some issues that happened there. I'll, I'll tell you all about it later for the sake of time. And so then I got the visa. I came here. My English was really limited. I remember I suck at school the first, like, what, two, three months. I failed Miskel Kenneth's history class. And uh, it was, I was a terrible student because I understood probably 25% of what was going on. At that time, y'all didn't have translation, but now we do, so it's awesome. So you should do a TFN. Anyways, um, so I finished this school, and then um, I came to a service here, and I saw this 
blonde girl with she had a blue suit on and a blue skirt and she's playing the drums and I said that's a miracle <laughs> but I don't know if that miracle can be mine <laughs> I'm gonna have to really trust God for that and so um, I had made a promise to God that I wasn't gonna date anybody when I turned 17 years old I was done with the dating stuff I was done with girls just in the dating area and I said the next time I date somebody it's gonna be my wife and so I was at that point in my life and I saw Chrissy my wife now and I'm um, sorry I spoiled the end of the story uh, but I was so taken by her so we started talking and she basically said you're too young you're cute and funny but uh, you're not for me and I was like that's cool I just wanted to be friends you know um she finally gave in, though. <laughs> I gave her a nice diamond ring, and she decided to marry me. And so that would have never happened in real life. You know? It's just like that stuff, it's, it's rare. Because um, her mom told her, you know, one day your husband can walk through those doors. And um, you never know. And she's like, nah. <laughs> you seen the people... The young people and Mary that come to our church, they're ugly. No, he, she didn't say that. <laughs> no. At the moment where she was at, she's, that didn't seem possible. And so, but God is a specialist in the impossible. i seen it, y'all, with my own eyes. And so, <clears throat> fast forward the story. Um, we, we, we've been married for 13 years now in July. And... Um, I always wanted kids in my life, uh, babies. She didn't want any. And we got married when they were just understanding that we'll never have kids. And so then she had to have her thyroid removed and uh, she had some treatment. And the doctor said, if we ever had kids at, at that moment, that, or I don't remember for how long, that they might be retarded. And so I don't know if that's politically correct, but you get the point. And so I said, that's terrible. I don't want to have, you know, a kid that have a disability because the world is hard as it is. So I prayed to God and I said, God, um, if I'm going to have kids, I want them to be healthy, please. So then it didn't happen. I got desperate. I got antsy. And I finally gave up. And I said, it's okay. It is well with my soul. If I never had a kid, I'm okay with that. I have you, I have my wife, and we'll just keep serving you. Um, seven months after I prayed that prayer, um, I remember for restoration offering that year, we in our envelope, we put God's will for our family, and we were talking about kids. And so um, it was the next year, actually, that this happened. Cause, no, it was that same year. I don't remember. Alexander was born in January, so do the math. Um, um, occupied with other thoughts so that year we found out that she was pregnant with our first kid and i was praying the whole time you know god let let him be healthy um i trust you that you you'll take care of it so then we have alexander and of course he's perfect and then we didn't only have alexander we had juliet and she's the most beautiful thing in the world and so all that to tell you is that god it's always working in our behalf even when we don't see it 
But there is a big part, y'all, that we play, and that is our trust and our faith in God. And a lot of times we don't realize that and we don't understand it. And we just think that if we just go with the motions, we're going to be fine. If we just show up to church, we're going to be okay. But it requires more than that. Faith without action is dead. Sometimes you got to get out of your comfort zone and reach out to God and say, where does my help come from? My help come from above. See, praying for a week or two weeks, fasting for three days, that's, that's not enough. Because it's not so much about the things that you do. But it's the things that you trust God with. You understand me? Faith is about laying your life down and saying, God, it's yours. Because when you do that, something powerful takes place in your life. And it doesn't matter how long has it been. It doesn't matter how hard you have worked for this and prayed for this and prayed for that. And something else I pray, I have learned in my work with God is there is a lot of unanswered prayers that God has in my life that he did not answer because he was protecting me. And that's where our understanding shows our lack of, of sense. Because sometimes we pray for things that are not for us. Amen? Like praying for your neighbor's wife to be yours. That's wrong. You shouldn't pray that. Or for your neighbor's car, unless they're selling another one that is similar and you can afford it, then yeah, sure. But you understand what I'm saying? Sometimes God protects us from our own prayers because you're not safe that way. It's not for you. So we got to, again, trust God. We got to know His will and be patient on the time. You know how many times I've seen homes that they've been destroyed because... We have irreconcilable, is that a word? Irreconcilable uh, differences. What does that mean? I don't want to work for it. I'm done. He gets on my nerves. She's too annoying. I don't want to work for it. It's just, I just can't. And there are situations that, you know, your, your life is in danger or whatever. That's a different story. But I'm talking about do your part. What is your part? Love one another like Christ loved the church. Do the work. Reach out to somebody. Pray for somebody. Believe that God is God and that you're not and that he is in control. There are things that we literally, we cannot control. And so I have learned this the hard way because in in my Latino way, you know, I'm getting married. My wife's got to do whatever I want her to do. But no, no. She's a wide female, super smart, intelligent, strong will. She'll do whatever she wants. And that's okay with me. I'm here to help her, support her, and build her up as a husband. And see, when I first started, she said, I'm so stubborn that it's a sin sometimes. Because when I get some things in my head, it's like, that's the way it's going to be. But she always proves me wrong. I just don't say it all the time. Um, we got to do the work. And what I mean by work, y'all, sometimes it's so easy to just let go of your pride and say, I'm sorry, man. That was my bad. You know, I was wrong. I'm so sorry. That, that, just, that was uncalled for. But our pride, it, it, it deprives us from the blessings from God. It stops us from seeing the miracles that God is doing constantly. 
And I remember sitting, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. With my brother, uh, welcome, by the way. I, I don't think i ever seen you before. What's your name? Gary. Gary, my brother Gary. When you were sitting, I was sitting there, brother, and I was like, God, what's up with the miracles? I haven't seen them in a while. And I remember brother Philip Baker was here. And he was praying for people. Who has a pain? You know how he does. If you, uh, your back hurts, just touch it and start walking. And I, he said, come to the front. And I said, no, I'm going to let somebody else get a miracle today. Because, you know, I'm one of the pastors here. So it would be selfish for me to get a miracle and not them. So I stay back. But to be honest with y'all, if I'm 100% honest, I didn't think that I can get a miracle that day. Because I was hurting. I fell off the roof and I broke my tailbone. And so I was hurting for a while. And I was sitting in that chair and he called for, for people to come and be healed. And <laughs> he's like, I don't want to fall off the roof. No, you, you want to get the miracle though. And so I was, I was sitting there and I said, God, if it's your will, heal me. Yo, I don't know if you ever broke your tail, but it hurts. Even when you're sitting down, it hurts. I mean, your tail hurts anyway, but when it's broken, it's worse. So I was sitting there, and all of a sudden, the pain is gone. And I'm like, wait a minute, what? And I start touching, and uh, nobody was looking at me. Thank God, that will be weird, touching your tail in church. Um, so I'm just checking, and he said, check yourself, check yourself, move. And I'm like, mm, you know, in my chair, I, I hit it a little bit. It's like, it's good, <laughs> it's good. And at that moment, I was so amazed and grateful to God because even though I didn't completely believe in the healing, I wasn't expecting it. He still gave it to me. And see, sometimes God will do that. But don't let it get to that point, though, for him to remind you that he's a God of miracles. You got to reach out. You got to believe because there is so much unbelief nowadays, y'all. There's so many people that are just refusing to follow God. There's so many people. We live in a country that we have Christian radio stations, which for us, that's normal. We get in our car, we turn it on. But there are countries that people get killed for saying the name of Jesus. That's reality nowadays. We live in a country that you can congregate in a church. Like you can actually get in your car and get to a building that people that worship God together. That's not an option. There's underground churches still in China and other countries that are communists. They have to hide and get to places to just pray together. To find somebody to just pray with. And here, you have the choice to do that. Over there, you risk your own life to get to do it. See, that's the problem that we have as a church. We don't understand that this right here is not just a structure. It's not just something that the man put together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The church is not perfect. If you don't believe me, look at your own life. Because the church is the people. But it was established by God. And he said, don't, don't, don't just stop. Because it's going to build you up. It's going to build your faith. It's going to help you grow. You're going to hear the word of God. Don't take it for granted. Congregate. Go to your church. Why? Because you grow together. Because outside this, there is this world that's trying to destroy you. It's trying to destroy your faith. 
So there you become, and you get out of school, you go to college, and then you learn all these ideas, these intellectual ideas that are screaming out loud, there is no God. And you're like, oh, let me look at the evidence. Let me reason through those ideas. And here recently, I was talking in the office, there's two really influential Christian leaders, they decided that they're going to renounce their Christian faith. They're no longer Christians. And all they believe is wrong and, and blah, blah, blah. And I, I, I was, it, ha- it all happened this year. And I was just wondering, how, how do you get to that point? How do you stop believing? How can you let go of Jesus? Oh my God. That's, it's disheartening to me. And I, I'm, I'm telling you, though, I don't, I don't have everything put together. I might look good this morning because I knew I was going to preach, so I took extra care. My kids take really good pictures on Facebook. You can see them. I mean, they're gorgeous. My wife is perfect. But I'm not even close to perfect. I'm selfish. I'm a bad husband sometimes. I lie. Sometimes I have attitudes towards people. I'm very judgmental at times. Like I look at people and have thoughts, bad thoughts, that a pastor shouldn't have. Sometimes I don't want to get up there and lead worship. You know that? Sometimes I don't want to go to church. I'm really bad sometimes. But the love of God is so overwhelming in my life. That even though through all my faults, I can belong to a family like this. And y'all love so well. And even though sometimes we don't feel like loving people, we don't feel like smiling at them. But you never know what you're doing when you're sowing into their lives. I must not be, I'm not the most qualified person to get up there. I can tell you that much. But God can use anybody at any time if you're willing. You understand me? So whatever your situation is, whatever your lack of unbelief is based on, you got to chin up. you got to faith up. Whatever you've been waiting for to happen, and it's just not happening, you, you have no chance because you haven't given it to God completely. See, something happened when you trust God. Like, I'm being 100% honest. I told God, it is well with my soul. If I don't have any kids ever, it's okay. Like, I gave it up in my heart. We didn't talk about it for the remaining seven months. And then just got, boom, he showed up when I least expected. And I was like, praise the Lord! Woo! And then we, we go and, and check that, the, 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 what was the kid, if he was a girl or a boy. And, and, and I said secretly in my heart, I want a boy, but she wanted a girl. But she said, oh, I don't care what we have, but she does that when she protects her heart. She's like, oh, I don't, I don't have any expectations. So she won't be disappointed. But God wants you to expect that he'll show up for you. You understand me? You will never be disappointed with God. See, you'll be disappointed with your own reasoning because you'll find out you're wrong all the time. Because your reasoning is limited. Do not rely on your own understanding. 
Please get that in your heart today. Get it in your mind. It doesn't matter how smart you are. You're going to fail. Because that's just your limited understanding to the limited information that you have. You'll never know enough. Why? Because God is so great. That's why we have a relationship with Him. And we're growing with Him because we discover new things. Now, you've been in the gospel for the Christianity for 40 years. It don't matter. There is something new that you can learn. Oh, I've been listening to the same preacher for 20 years and nothing has changed. It don't matter, but God is great. There's more to be discovered. And He's evident to us. you got to open your eyes. He's not hiding, y'all. Oh, when I found God, God is not lost. You're lost. He found you. When you open up yourself and you let yourself be found by His love. And He will meet you. He will embrace you. He will restore you. He will heal you. He will show you the miracles that are available to you. They show the sonogram and the heartbeat. And then that little thing in between his legs. And she's like, that's a boy. And I was like, are you sure? Yeah, that's a boy. I was like, well, what if he's not? She's like, well, I'm 99% sure that that's a boy. And I was just overwhelmed with joy. And, and with Juliet, it was the same thing. I had more doubts about that one. I was like, that looked like a boy to me. And she's like, no, nah, that, that's a girl. And I was like, are you sure? She's like, yes. So we had to take another sonogram two weeks later to make sure because that was Chris's little girl and now she's my little girl. And, and uh, I mean, it was amazing. God is so good. God is so good, y'all. God is so good. He's worth it to be trust. So whatever it is that you're expecting, whatever it is that you're needing, don't let go. Don't let go. Don't let go of Jesus. Because he's there for you. Maybe you have fell out of many times. Maybe you don't see it. But he does. Because he knows everything. And he's there for you. He's working for you even when you're sleeping. When you don't see it. He's working for you. In you. He's doing things for us, y'all. Oh, my gosh. God really loves me. I do a lot of really stupid things. Like, I've been... Mm, I can't even start because it's a long list. But God loves me so much that a lot of times He even protects me from myself. Amen.